1: The Pirates have made their pick number one overall in Major League Baseball's draft. Louisville catcher Henry Davis. And nothing other than rational reactions and analysis, I'm sure, will follow. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovach of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early, whether you like it or not. Every weekday morning, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. Davis is the guy. And when I say the guy, I'm referring to Ben Charrington saying minutes after drafting Davis that the Pirates themselves placed him atop their draft board Two nights ago. Now, why did Charrington publicly state several times yesterday, on the day of the draft, that the Pirates hadn't yet made up their minds? That's actually pretty transparent because he did want Davis's price to come down. He did want to pay Davis less of a bonus so that the Pirates could invest more of their allotted total draft pool of $14.4 million into other prospects, into other kids that they'll not only draft but hope to coax away from going to college and to sign with them. Don't forget, just because you draft someone in baseball doesn't mean you get them. This isn't football, as I keep saying now, and I've been saying for months, this is not football. You have to bring that player in, and you have to sign them. And sometimes you do have to pay an uncomfortable figure in order to pull it off. We'll see how that plays out. All that happened yesterday was round one of the draft. But it's the focal point, fair or not, on this class. And to my mind... I really like the pick, and I'm going to first tell you why in a way that the team couldn't possibly do, because I'm going to go with some negative reinforcement first, and these are things that if you've been listening to the show, you know I've brought up on more than one occasion. Drafting pitchers is always scary at a 1-1 spot or anywhere in the first round. It's scary. It's scary valuable. It's more valuable than anything else you can get if you hit. But if a pitcher gets hurt, they can be toast. You can get nothing from them. All the scouting in the world doesn't matter. All the scouting in the world didn't matter. On Jamison Tyone, had everything. Had everything. Live arm, uh, Hall of Fame type curveball and a full arsenal, more character than you could ever want in a young athlete. Didn't matter, because luck wasn't on his side. All kinds of injuries and illnesses and everything else, none of them his fault. This didn't work out, and if you're a pitcher and it doesn't work out, a lot of times it really doesn't work out. So there's a bit of a law of averages approach that you have to take to this. Then there were the two high school shortstops. And I would have been fine with, honestly, either of Marcelo Meyer or Jordan Lawler. They both were going to be very far from making it to Pittsburgh, which had me a a little bit cringy about it because I see Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds and a couple other players, Rodolfo Castro is now in the mix already here and I'm I'm not going to put myself above that thought process. I'd like to see whoever it is that comes along, you know, come along sooner rather than later. I'm I'm human. But there also was going to be uncertainty that comes with a shortstop because as we often hear baseball scouts use the terminology he can stay at shortstop he might be able to stay at shortstop the reason they say that is that everyone starts out a shortstop you know it's like quarterback in football you put your best player at quarterback all the time why because you want the the ball in the hands of your best player doesn't mean that they stay there. Eventually, they can get kind of uh, phased out because of size, speed limitations, whatever else it is, how they grow up. And I no doubt, after reading extensively on both Meyer and Lawler, they're going to be really, really good players. Jack Leiter is going to be a really good pitcher. I believe that for the Texas Rangers, who took him uh, at number two overall. But there's also the very real chance that he won't. He's six feet tall. Anybody in baseball will tell you that's a tough, tough size to be for a starting pitcher. They're proven to be less durable, less healthy over time. They have to put a lot more of their body and of their arm into their delivery. But I hope he does I hope all of them do great. this is going to be one of those where you watch the class and say, "Oh well, let's just let's see everybody fail so that the pirates look good with their pick. It doesn't have to be anything of the kind. The pirates got their guy and they got him at their price. And for those of you who are new to this conversation, no, that doesn't mean that they're being cheap. it means that they're looking to spend the same amount of money, the maximum allotted. Or the entire class, but to get more bang for that buck, which is, you know, smart. Davis, to me, will be defined principally by his bat. The selection of Davis already, I believe, is defined by his bat. Uh, we've all heard and read and I've talked about on this show The arm that he's got, the baseball scouting scale, runs from 20 to 80. And Davis's arm, for a catcher, is seen as a 70, which is extraordinary. Um, That's that's some pretty rare error. He threw out 46% of everybody trying to run on him in Louisville. He's got work to do defensively by every account. He's not a great defensive catcher, and by that I'm talking about all the little stuff that you see Jacob Stallings doing on a daily basis, blocking pitches, game calling, and so forth. But he's got the personality for the latter, and he's got the physical ability for the former, so that's not seen as a concern. Then there's the bat. Then there's the bat. The offense that he showed is the thing... That's going to jump out at me for a while. Batting 370 for Louisville, 486 on base percentage. And yeah, some of these figures always sound outlandish when you hear them from high school or even the college ranks, but I'll put it another way. He was seen by the Pirates and by other teams as being the best bat in all of college baseball, meaning draft eligible. Say that again the best bat in all of college baseball. Not the best bat among catchers, just the best bat. And one really fun way to view this draft and the one Ben Charrington conducted as his first with the Pirates last year is that this is now two years in a row that Charrington's come away with the best bat in all of college baseball with his top pick, including, of course, Nick Gonzalez. That, see, that to me feels real and solid and stable. Your hitters play every day. Your starting pitchers are every five days. Your hitters, eh, I mean, they'll have some injuries and and they'll be affected by it. Look at a guy like Gregory Polanco. It's, I'm not saying that pitchers are the only ones that can have, you know, career damaging issues it's just that it's way more common with pitchers if you get these players as hitters as reliable solid dependable maybe star level maybe everyday players you just keep adding assets and you minimize to an extent risk That's what this is about. For the millionth time, it's not about positions. It's not about, and and Charrington reaffirmed this to us in his call last night, it's not about that the Pirates are really, really thin on catcher, even though they are organizationally. They have Andy Rodriguez in A-ball. They have Jacob Stallings in the bigs, and that is it. (laughs) Okay? Doesn't matter. When you're drafting in baseball, you're just taking best player right down the line, right down the line. The Pirates did that. They hope to do a lot more of it in the next two days and maybe spend over slot for some of these other guys to make sure that they can bring them in. In the short term, in the short term, what has me the most upbeat, just in an intangible sense, is listening to how, well, first of all, here's Charrington talking a little bit about Davis.
0: You know, really excited to select Henry with our first pick. Um, uh, he's obviously, you know, a really, really good college offensive performer, combination of control in the strike zone and power. Um uh, and has really developed as a catcher in our estimation, uh, easy plus arm strength, um, gets really good, uh, a really good reputation at Louisville for how he's working with pitchers, uh, has really developed the blocking and receiving uh, during his time there. And I think, on top of all that, uh, what we really are really excited about is just as we've known him since high school, he's from the Westchester area in New York, um, seeing how much he get, has gotten better since then and continues to get better um, and his desire to get better. And even, you know, time we had around him recently, um, just how interested he is in, in, in uh, finding new challenges and kind of pushing himself uh, to get better and how, you know, he's almost really excited about that process. And, um, and we feel good that we're bringing in a player who's really talented, has a chance to be a really good big league player and also someone who uh, wants to be part of something really good and help us, help us in that way too. Um, so we're, we're thrilled to add him and uh, looking forward to 20 more selections, get ready for those
1: Take it from someone who communicates with Charrington on a regular basis, that's his excited voice, okay Here's a little bit from Davis himself who comes across very much as a one of those hard uh, on your sleeve kind of players
0: Going there and meeting with all of them and Everybody in the organization, I mean, it was clear they're all chasing the same thing and they're chasing greatness for the Pirates, and they see the vision where they can be great, they can win World Series, and, I mean, just being able to contribute a a teeny bit to going towards that goal, I mean, I'm super excited, I'm ready to go.
1: The Pirates got a good one, and they've put themselves in position to get maybe even a couple bonus good ones in this class over the next couple of days no need to jump to any conclusions positive negative somewhere in between neutral i hate nutting whatever else let it play out let it play out when we come back just one question
0: Learn more at Marines.com
1: Welcome back, it's time for Just One Question and that's brought to you always on this program by the good folks at the North Shore Tavern. It's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. North Shore Tavern is home to Steak on a Stone. North Shore Tavern is home to the planet's Only fully dedicated Pittsburgh Baseball Club sports bar, front to back, side to side, wall to wall. North Shore Tavern also will be home Thursday at 5 p.m. to the DK Pittsburgh Sports 7th Anniversary Bash. Everyone's invited to this. We'd love to see you down there. Come down to North Shore Tavern across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's question comes from Anthony Veltri, who asks, I know positions don't matter to drafting in baseball. If all the players were very similar, why wouldn't you take the player? It's something that you need the most, which now allows you to maximize a trade offer for Frazier of players at any position instead of forcing one for a catcher. This feels like one of those issues, Anthony, that no matter how often I bring it up, How emphatically I state it! I'll never really convince many people of this, Uh, and and I totally, totally get why, because I also grew up paying infinitely more attention to the football draft than any other in football. Even though the Steelers and everyone else constantly deny that they'd be drafting by position, all you have to do is look at the results year after year to see that that's exactly what they're doing. Why? Because those players then show up for rookie camp a week later. Then they're in training camp a month later. And then three weeks after that, two or three of those guys from that class are going to be starting. Not partaking, starting for your football team. It's a completely different world, but it's the one that most people are aware of. In baseball, it just takes too long to uh, try to align any pick with any need at any level. I'm going to give you an example. You mentioned maximizing a trade offer for Adam Frazier forcing something for a catcher. The team that you see on the field for the Pirates right now, and I'm going to say this with all due respect to that wonderful six-run rally that they pulled off yesterday against the Mets in beating New York 6-5 to at City Field. Really, really good stuff, by the way, from all concerned. But that that team has issues. It has holes. It also has answers in places where you might not expect. Let me ask you this. A week ago, who was projecting Rodolfo Castro to be anywhere on the diamond for the Pirates in their future? Who was doing that? What would happen if we did that exercise? After his two bombs and fine leaping catch yesterday, do you see what I mean? Everything just changes. Castro's an infielder right now, but Castro's had some experience in the outfield. And we've all been saying, "What are they gonna do in these corner outfield positions? Who's gonna be? Who's gonna take Polanco's place when he's gone?" And everything else. It it could be this kid. It could be this kid. Throw him out in the right field. Heck, do it now. I don't care even when Polanco's healthy. Can't send this kid back to the minors. What do you do instead uh, regarding catcher? You know, keep Jacob Stallings. He's not about to drive off the end of the earth. Yeah, he's, he's on the wrong side of 30, but not by much. And he doesn't have many miles on his uh, big league catching career because he hasn't been up very long because he's a late bloomer. So, you know, sign him to an extension, which is something that I've broached in the past. You don't have to force anything. You want, if you're the GM, to constantly put yourself into positions where you're not doing anything out of need And I realize as those words are coming out of my mouth and the Pirates are still trending toward 101 losses this year, that's going to be met more with laughter or raised eyebrows than anything else. What are you talking about? The Pirates need everything. They stink. Look at them. You don't need individual positions when your minor league system is in this state. What you need, and this is what Charrington keeps saying, and I've advocated for this approach for years and years and years before he came along. What you need is everything and a lot of it. And in each individual case, regardless of what the mode of acquisition is, if it's the draft, if it's international if it's a trade, a trade involving prospects, if it's Rule 5, in each individual case, you don't care about the position. You just care about the quality, the maximum quality that you can achieve with that individual. As Charrington said the other day, when I I brought something along these lines up with him, and he said, you can always sort stuff out as it relates to big league needs later on. And that's his way of saying, look, man, I'm not stupid. If I need a, a second baseman or a catcher or a right fielder or more starting pitching somewhere down the line, I can just go and get it. I can just go and trade for it. You know how? Because I have piled up all these prospects. And what's the most valuable commodity in the industry? hint it's not payroll it's prospects if you have a ton of them you can use them like bitcoin you can buy whatever it is that you want that's what Charrington's trying to do that's why it's the right approach and that's why if you're a pirates fan you're gonna really really want to hope That the execution follows because this guy has at least brought the plan. He's at least brought that, and you want him hanging around here. You're going to see what I mean in years to come. I appreciate the question, Anthony. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.